People suffered. Did you? Except for maybe the feds? My grandparents got spit on because they were from Calabria. Let me ask you a question. All the good things you got in your life, did they come to you because you're Calabrese? I'll tell you the answer. The answer is no. You got a smart kid at Lackawanna College. You got a wife who's a piece of ass. At least she was when you married her. You own one of the most profitable, topless bars in North Jersey. Now, did you get all this shit because you're Italian? No, you got it because you're you, because you're smart, because you're whatever the fuck. What the fuck is our self-esteem? I mean, that shit doesn't come from, from Columbus or the Godfather or Chef fucking Boyardee. Or does it? Welcome, my friends, to Cuts of Black, a Soprano sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen, I think, 42 episodes of The Sopranos now? Yes, uh, because we're now at episode 42, season 4, episode 3, Christopher. And I was like, is Christopher central in this episode? Does he do... Oh, oh I'm an idiot. That was my reaction. Um, yes, we're back. Uh, we've we've been on a slight hiatus. You probably didn't notice because you just watched. Uh, you just you just you're just on the podcast feed, right? You, yes. New episodes come when they may. Yes. Now, yes, Chris. Uh, your thoughts there, though. If I could go back to when this episode originally aired and a younger version of myself uh, gearing up for this episode, which to my memory is the worst Sopranos episode. Uh, I've only watched, I'd only watched that one time that it originally aired. Um, I'd be interested to see if it still holds up as the worst episode. Um, I think it's kind of up there if I just, uh, right at the jump, but I thought the same thing. Cause I was like, Ooh, next week's episode is written, uh, by Michael Imperioli and it's t- entitled Christopher, Let's see what Christopher Moltisanti is up to this week. Nope, nothing like that. It's basically 2018, the episode of Sopranos, <laughs> uh, because it's all about Christopher Columbus. Now, I-, I know it's a little harsh to say, the. well, before I get into it, uh, yes, is a teleplay written by Michael Imperioli from a story idea by Imper- Imperioli and Maria Lorino, who I looked up. She is a known memoirist slash essayist. Uh, writer for the Village Voice, you know, all that happy horse shit. Uh, her big thing is being Italian because she does have uh, her first memoirs entitled Were You Always an Italian? Um, I think she has another book called The Italian Americans, A History. So, you know, it's very steeped uh, in the Italian heritage, much like this episode. Oh, and it was directed by Tim Van, Van Patten, who is a Sopranos mainstay. Um, the thing I'll say about this episode, I know it's being harsh saying it's the worst, but I like what they're going for. I just don't like the way it's executed. It feels very clumsy. At least that, that's my initial thoughts, especially on the rewatch here. Well, my only thought on the, on that sort of topic was like, yeah, people have been going around saying, um, Christopher Columbus is a piece of shit for years, but for like... 18 years? I didn't know that. I, I was like, wow, Sopranos, really ahead of the curve on this one. But I guess they're not, if even a young Jim Scampoli can see through the bullshit. I don't know. Well, I mean, I think a young Jim Scampoli was just a little bummed that it wasn't like gangsters and hits and mafia stuff, sure. you know? Um, yeah. But either way, I just, I feel like this episode, it's just, it's very clunky because at the same time, what's the B plot? We got. Um, Bobby Bacala dealing with his stuff with his family. But then we have, I mean, 
and then we have all, all obviously this whole the Native American protest with Columbus Day. Uh, I think the best scene. I mean, we'll probably go. We'll go back beat by beat. I think my favorite scene though is when Hesh and his friend Ruben are arguing uh, about uh, what um, Hitler and Columbus, and like comparing Columbus to Hitler. And then Hesh takes that really personally, and they're really about to go to blows. And then I think, I mean, it's like a clumsy line because someone has to be like, "You guys have been friends for years." Uh, and, and yeah. I mean, at least from my glean of this episode now, like looking at it, uh, for what they're trying to do and not just being like, where are the hits? Where are the gangsters? Um, yeah. they are kind of making, it's weird because they're showing, uh, reverence to people that have, uh, you know, pride in their history, but also being like, I mean, Tony sums it up at the end when he's just like, well, you know, who gives a fuck? Uh, Christopher Columbus so long ago might as well be a movie. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It does a little of both. So I do. I do like that. It's just. It's just so clumsy to me the way it all plays out. Yeah. No. I. I guess that's fair. It, but it didn't stand out to me as a particularly bad episode. So I don't know what that says about me or the Sopranos or this watch through or 2018. Who knows? Um, but yeah, let's let's go through the details of it. Before we get into that, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been leaving reviews on our iTunes. We really do appreciate it. I have a I thought I had one pulled up here. I guess I don't. <laughs> ah, we'll get into it later, I guess. Oh, here I'll, it is. I'll check so, too, if you don't have it. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is from Dr. S.F. Jones. I have watched the entire series more times than I can count, and needless to say, I am intimately familiar with The Sopranos. I find the hosts to be extremely perceptive, Ooh. and I really enjoy listening in on their conversations and analysis of what arguably is the greatest television show ever created. I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you very much, Doc. Uh, it's just what the doctor ordered, and we hope for more reviews like it. And then we got one that says, Bready Good. That's fine too. It was five stars, um, yeah. so we we're not going to complain. No, no. Yeah, thank you. Oh no, yeah. no, no, no complaints. I'm just saying it's just another quick shout out from Nick Nam. Pretty good, and then it says it again, pretty good. And I'm not, That's I'm indeed. not saying that weird. It's spelled with a B instead of a P. Look, we take all sorts here at the Sopranos uh, sit down, uh, cut to black. So let's just get into it at this point. Um, it does start with a scene hanging out outside Satrielli's, uh, just reading the newspapers, reading your cappuccinos like you do. And it just happens to be in the newspapers that uh, they're planning some sort of protest. The Native American society, whatever they are, they're going to lay down and stop the Columbus Day parade. Silvio doesn't like this at all. Yeah, I mean, it is a rare Silvio episode or, or Silvio-focused for the most part. We don't really see that a lot. I mean, we kind of were checking in with him, what was it, the previous episode when he was uh, not okay with... Uh, yeah, because, damn, we're only three episodes into season four. We've been... I know. We've been... Uh, had quite a break. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen Silvio with his pushback to Tony, but now, you know, he's fed up with this Columbus stuff. This is Italian's yep. day. This is a great Italian... A historical person who, you know, had maybe had some of his faults, but doesn't mean we can't have a parade for him. Yeah, who doesn't, right? Who doesn't have some faults? Silvio thinks to himself, planning a uh, an attack, I suppose, already. Um, What happens after this? So there's arguing. Oh, I I really, even even though you mentioned. Go ahead. Go ahead first. Oh, you go ahead. All right. I was going to say, even Furio, like, he's like, this is dumb, but then he's also like, "Uh, we don't very much like Columbus because, you know, North Italy is. What all the 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 haves and 
down in I guess uh, southern Italy of the have-nots. I'm just I'm just believing Furio. I don't know. I don't have any historical research on my end on that. Yeah, no. I even though uh, the episode, as you pointed out, it probably does have its clunky parts. I still like how they are all about like they. It has some moments that are great, like the one where they bring up Adolf Hitler and Hesch gets annoyed, and here. Uh, Furio's there like oh no but it, like because they're all here being like oh we're Italian we're Italian and Furio's there like yeah but people from Genoa don't like people from Naples and they're like what's the problem with people from Genoa and it's like the north they've always had the power and the money <laughs> and I think it's so true that like wherever you're from another area you just see it as a as a whole thing and not as split into different factions and peoples like that's what stereotypes are so people will think of like oh he's just American like it's the u.s is such a huge country with lots of different like types of people inside of it and different stereotypes for different people but that's like saying that to me is like me going like jim you don't understand city swedes aren't like country swedes (laughs) (laughs) like you don't give a shit we're all (laughs) swedish fucks in your eyes (laughs) yeah Uh, and it's really interesting when it's like someone who's american because american people people from the u.s tend to think of nationality in such a different way where they they think of like the nationality of Italy, for example, as being a, I, I don't know. They think of that as being a race. It's just a country. There's loads of different people in it, just like all countries in the world. So it's interesting that they pepper that in there along with, yes, there are also like native Americans fighting mobsters. So maybe it's not the most subtle episode, but, uh, but yeah, it does have moments. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it, it, yeah, it's, that's a great example between the Furio thing and then with the Hesh thing and I mean, they are kind of saying they're doing both, which I kind of uh, I do like. Like they are saying that, of course, there there's history that we should be aware of as far as you know what happened to the Native Americans. But they're also saying it's kind of stupid to be fighting in the streets over this. Like it, it's such a uh like weird combative where where everyone has to have their thing and then we have to fight yeah. over it uh whether it be the northern northern italians and the southern italians or yeah you know, the mobsters and the native americans and then you yeah. even get like they're on the news and uh, like, uh, you know, yelling at each other. This is our day. No, screw you. He fed our ancestors to his dogs. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're all just people. Let's just find some common ground, please. Yeah, absolutely. So that this first scene sort of sets the mood there. Moving on, we do have a like he well this is a i don't know a bc story with it starts in the gym with carmilla and all the the wives and uh in, yeah <laughs> so they're talking about these like luncheons where they have talks again about of course it's about being italian and all this stuff uh, so. And they're showing that like Adrian is becoming more of a regular because uh, yeah. th- initially I'm like, oh, yeah, we're back with because th- like they make a point to invite her to something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, but she's with the feds. But then that isn't even a focal point at all. <laughs> but yeah, they, and they yeah. start talking about Furio and she's the only one that thinks he kind of looks cheesy and lame. And what she uh, says, his ponytail looks like a dick coming out of his head or something weird like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's about right. Well, speaking of, uh, well, it's not not quite the same, but we get another sex scene with Ralph. Yeah, they're always fun. Um, where he, well, let's not again get into details, but yeah, he's having another great time there. 
Uh, well, he's being called a little slut, and he's got a vibrator up his ass. And um, I guess we're getting into it. Okay. No, uh, yeah, fine. Janice is um, what she's pimping him out or asking him how much he made. But and then yeah. the thing, I, he gets a call from Rosalie April, who he's currently with, and then I right. feel like then uh, Janice like kind of rolls over and starts using the vibrator, but it was just up his ass. It's pretty gross, dude. Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know. Is is she still using it on him or it's, using it, it on him? It's implied that she's like using it on herself, but I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that picked that up because it's like he's talking. You still hear the vibrator because he's kind of like, I can't hear you, Ro. But then she's under the covers. And I'm like, that was just up his ass. God damn it, they Janice. Have, mm, well, they could have. Uh, was it? Okay, let's get into this. Was it vibrating when it was up his ass? Because I feel like they could have a dildo and a vibrator as separate sort of things, Okay, but... that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it was they, did... you could hear the vibrating the whole time. Okay, no, that's that's what I'm asking, but yep. maybe it was muffled originally. Let's move on. Um... I mean, the show, I mean, don't blame us for getting blue. This is in the show. I mean, we got, we're discussing the show. We're discussing that's... the seed. That's true, and it is the best, uh, according to that review, television show ever made. So we have to get into every minutia here, and I feel yeah. like this is essential. I'm sure we'll get back into it at our end-of-year season review. But let's quickly talk about the next scene where we got uh, Johnny. That's Johnny Sachs. Uh, I mean, yeah, because yeah, Ralph's about to get fucked another way because Polly yeah. uh, gives Johnny Sack a call and... You know, uh, ever so subtly is like, oh, I'm really sorry about the joke that was said. And he's like, what joke? Of course. And, you know, yeah. now Polly's uh, uh, Polly's fucking, you know, telling tales out of school, causing shit, even in the can. Yeah, because Ralph was his boy. Like, Ralph was the one, like, Johnny was the one protecting Ralph from getting shit on and getting killed, basically, by, by Tony. And now Paulie was just at the end of last season. They had a little tete-a-tete there in the in the parking uh, place where, where he was like, oh, if you ever need a favor or whatever. And now he's, I mean, I guess it's smart. He wants to get Ralphie away from Johnny so he can step into that role, I suppose, even though he's locked up at the moment. Um because, yeah, it, it kind of works. We have a dinner scene after that where Johnny is just uh, not happy anymore with Ralph. Yes, yeah, and it's uh, Sopranos loves to do this, and they do this really well because, once again, it's like we have a lot of tension and a lot of things building over, you know, somewhat of a bland, you know, uh, like... It, you know, thing to kick it off, like an ignition to this. It's yeah. not, it's not this like, uh, you know, even like you fucked my wife or something, or, you know, you killed my friend. It's, you made a joke about my wife, which it's still understandable because the way these guys kick about honor and all this stuff, and this is our thing, but yeah. it's such a, you know, it could happen at the office or whatever. Someone's by the old water cooler, makes a joke about someone's girlfriend. And now it's like, ah, I want to fire that guy. Uh, but here we are. And then and especially the way Johnny's handling it, he's being very passive aggressive. He's not just coming right out to him being like, you know, you talking shit, you talking shit, bro. It's he's bringing up that they're going over the finances and maybe he's, maybe Ralph's been keeping uh, pocketing some of the money, which can be assumed all these criminals, <laughs> they're pocketing some money that's going yeah. on. Uh, so it kind of comes out from that. 
Yeah, that's the way of the world. Uh, but uh, even worse, he also brings up, hey, we he- we heard, Tony, that you profited from this whole yes. land deal thing. We want a piece of that because it's kind of part of the Esplanade, and we're sharing that. And, there- and Tony has to be like, okay, yep. I guess. Who the fuck is talking about this shit? Yep. And it's Polly. Uh, Polly Walnuts. Polly Peanuts? What's his name? Polly Walnuts. No, yeah. you got it. Johnny Sacks and Polly Walnuts. They belong together that's where you put <laughs> walnuts in a sack um so yes like you mentioned we have uh, a scene coming up with uh, an argument there on tv where again people are arguing about it but then people who are supposed to be on each other's side then start arguing about the like details uh because it's, that's basically what i remember i mean that's why like on one thing on one hand this episode is like way ahead of its it's either way ahead of its time or it's just a reminder that this shit's always been going on. Like we like to think we always like to think that things are new and just now people are fighting for social justice or whatever. And given you know, because of social media, people more have a voice, so it can be more in your face, but people have always been arguing about who's the bigger victim. And you know, it's like, yeah, I'm on your side till you think that your thing was bigger, bigger deal than my thing. Uh, and now I'm fighting you. Uh, so, I mean, it is fun the way they do that, but it just feels so like, it feels like this episode takes place over like a month and it's like, when the fuck is Columbus day already? This, it feels like so much time's been passing and we're still talking about Columbus day. Now I am Swedish, never celebrated Columbus day, but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it one of those holidays that you're just like, huh? Why is the bank closed? Yeah. Oh, it's Columbus Day. So, yeah. but here it's like it's like Christmas. It's got like <laughs> fucking days and days leading up to it. With all, they should have carols for it the way they care about it. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, uh, quite right. So, uh, anyway, that's that scene. Well, uh, and Furio does show up there. As yeah, well. Furio's showing pictures of his house and what he wants to. I don't know. I forget if it's this scene or a different scene. He wants to like turn his garage into a fucking like apartment or something weird, and it's like, yeah, that's not a thing you can do. I mean, I don't know. Maybe in Sweden you can turn your barn into an apartment. I don't know if hey. that's racist <laughs> for me to say that, but it, yes, it is. Hey, we're fighting about this now. <laughs> uh, but I might be jumping the gun. But either way, yeah, Furio and Carmela are having kind of a moment, and she's showing pictures of the house, and I believe he brought some like cookies or something over. Uh, meanwhile, the arguments on the TV, um, and then we kind of go to Junior's trial, and it's a great Junior scene w- because like important shits going on, like his trial and the jury's coming in, and he's like nickel and diming going over the phone calls and the bills and stuff. It's so yeah. great. <laughs> yes, very true. Which is to emphasize, I think, uh, that he's looking for cash because it's very <laughs> expensive. This trial that's now getting started. Um, then we have this speech about. Uh, Italianism in in you know with, with all the wives sitting in they, they we see Father Intentola if that is his name again yep. popping yeah, up it. forgot about him but he's back and yeah he so the speaker is talking about oh the way media depicts Italians which is I think the hundredth time I've heard this mentioned on the Sopranos even though it's only been forty two episodes and they're all talking about oh it's horrible how we get depicted just because of a small minority and all the wives are sitting there like. <clears throat> Yeah, and like doing the chin thing, the the whip your chin up with your hand thing, you know. Yeah, Rosalie, so. she's like, Ugh, yeah. like doing the cl- uh, cliche Italian thing. I do. It's it's weird because on one hand, sometimes I roll my eyes when The Sopranos gets into like the Italian American cliches and stereotypes, but on the other hand, I really appreciate it and I like it because 
there are people in real life that complain about stereotypes and then kind of live a stereotype. And that's like what the, the characters in the Sopranos are doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously not everyone, if I could fucking, you know, uh, make sure I say that, but I like sure. that they, they're kind of exploring the hypocrisy because, you know, not everything's just made up. Things happen. And, you know, there are, goomba mafioso guys but they probably do end up having to go to speeches like this and be like yeah can you believe the way the media is railroading us <laughs> like can you yeah. believe it um and yeah it's just like yeah it's speaking about italian women and she's saying like when they say spaghetti and meatballs you say you know something classy whatever classy version of that is i do like that everyone kind of looks at carmilla when they're talking about john Gotti and that image and yeah. uh Gabriella, Silvio's wife. I guess it is a nice um uh parallel, parallel yeah, to she, she's upset too. She's yeah. the one that's most upset. She goes out and chews out Father Phil over it. Yep. Um she does indeed, and he's like, What? But I had that other study. <laughs> Moving on. Um so there's a statue of Columbus, there's a protest going on. Silvio did say in the previous scene, I need to take action. So all of these Italian fellows are now rolling up um to sort of start shit or at least have an argument about what's going on because there's i think they're hanging in they've got a hanging effigy of columbus which is fun and over the top uh and they they do their best to deal with it everything goes off the rails and um let's see who someone gets a bottle in the face or something right yeah i've it's kind of more of a random but someone gets a bottle off the back of their head and then Artie buco gets like just a like a convenience store drink off the back of his head i mean the interesting thing that they do here though is that the italians lose at every turn there's no victory that they get like uh, on this columbus day thing um uh, because it it never plays out where you think that they're gonna show up with bats or something and beat the shit out of them, which I guess is a great choice because imagine if they had that scene where, you know, the Soprano gang shows up and beats up a bunch of Native Americans that I don't, it, it, it wouldn't play well today. That's for sure. I mean, it wouldn't play well then either, but uh, it is interesting that they, there's no victory that we had, but I guess it wouldn't be a victory either way. Cause it's, it, it, I guess kind of the point is that, uh, you know, like, Yes, know your history, but you don't have to be wallowing in it, you know? Yeah, I think it, it might be Christopher getting the, the bottle in his head. Uh, maybe. They help him to back to the car. And uh, it is great when Artie Buko gets, like, the slushy or whatever. That's such a gifable <laughs> he, moment. Someone send me that gift. It's just great. And he has to hide um, in the car after. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then there's a scene um, where... Uh, well, Jim, you want to take the reins? What's the next scene? Well, I, I mean, we, we get a quick scene just outside the church because Gabby comes yeah, and tells right. the girls that she went and told Father Phil, like, you know, don't don't forget where this parish, like why it survives and, you know, letting outsiders in, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, then, it, I mean, I believe this. I don't know if we've met Bobby's wife, Karen, before this, but she's like, oh, I got to go, blah, 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 and leaves. And then we get the scene of like right after where Bobby's in traffic um, I feel like this is, uh, it's weird because I can't think of a movie or a TV show I've seen this storyline in, but I feel like it's a storyline I've heard before of like, he's complaining about being in traffic, but he's yeah. in traffic for his dead wife, like his wife's dead up ahead. Um, yeah. and it's weird because it is like, it's a power, it's, 
it's a powerful dramatic thing to work with and it's it's weird that it's kind of buried in this columbus day episode yeah uh bobby is stuck in traffic gets a call from his son about how he he, his wife asked to pick something up which of course will haunt him later um but yeah that's like the next scene of like she's dead Uh, he really gets a call yeah i mean the torturing of bobby bacala continues because i mean you just lost his dad uh although i guess that was last season but here we go just another uh death in his life um and yeah, okay, yeah, because then Carmel, like, then it goes to the scene. Carmela gets the call; she gets the news about it. Uh, I think to- the, we get we get something where Tony Tony's kind of mad about the protest. Oh, Tony's mad that uh, what's his face Patsy got arrested at the protest because he tried mm-hmm. to climb and take the effigy down. Um, yeah. And he's just because it's like they got all this money and we got things going on, and, and Uncle Junior's on trial, and they're getting into fights at a Columbus Day. <laughs> uh protest uh and uh silvio's like saying what you know i just can't let this go this is something that i I need to see through tony makes a call to the assembly assemblyman that gets that's going nowhere like so again like every turn usually the stuff they do not that tony wants to even try that hard but they they're all coming out dead ends on what they uh on on any type of victory here yeah, we. I don't think we need to get into all the details of the yeah. scenes since we've sort of discussed it overall. But basically, yeah, Silvio's like, we need your leadership on this, Tony. And Tony's like, all right, I'll use my brain for once. And he calls the assemblyman, sets up a sort of meeting there. And uh, they do later, well, is it just Ralph? Yeah, Ralph goes over to intimidate the leader of uh, <laughs> this group that's protesting and talking about, is it that guy who cries in the yes. ad is that the guy yeah okay. yeah it's the 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 i've seen the simpsons i know these things yeah the the littering uh the crying indian and and yeah it's this like empty ass like you know he's actually italian uh and i was like we're gonna put this out there uh and i do like that you know the 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 guy plays it off but then when ralph leaves he's really concerned but then like the lady's just like no i mean you didn't know about this like are you serious there's been stuff about this the whole yeah. time uh it, it's just an interesting weird play that they do uh to try to like blackmail them that way yeah. um and i'm trying to see oh we and we we do skip over there was a scene with janice and her therapist and she's kind of mm-hmm. uh we get the janice therapy scenes rather than the tony scenes uh, yeah. because I mean, and it's kind of nice, but I feel like her therapist is pretty good, but she's Janice. So she'll kind of warp it into her own, like she'll kind of yeah. take it in and hear what she's saying, but then she'll spit it back out in a warped Janice way. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, but at least she does end up, uh, taking some action that's generally positive. She does break up with Ralph, which is good. Um, in such a fucking bizarre way though. But actually before we get into that, <laughs> since, yeah. Since uh, Bobby's wife did die, we do need to update the counter before I forget. It's very true, very um, true. So, yeah, because are we at? We're 32 and 12 right now, right? Take a guess yep. on which one's which. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. for good old pump it up. Karen Bacala, uh, we hardly knew ye, but uh, you're, you're just another number on the counter. Gotcha, <laughs> Bang, indeed. That's at 33 deaths and 12 walkouts currently uh karen 
Uh, was that her name? Yeah. Yes, Karen. Oh, oh, Karen. Oh, oh, Karen, I missed thee already. So we do get a heartbreaking scene of him crying over the casket, saying he should have been there, my love. And he, like, is un- unlike, as is pointed out, unlike every other, like, mob husband, he doesn't have a guma. He actually loves his wife, and he's just the best guy all around. He'll be Santa even though he doesn't want to. Oh, what a great guy. And it's just heartbreaking. Everyone's just doing business at the the funeral. Well, yeah, like, it's anyway. it's a great scene because, yeah, uh, it's like heartbreaking to see Bobby's reaction to his wife, and then all the wives are sitting together and they look at their husbands and they're not even paying attention and they're just kind of like chatting about bullshit and whatever. And then, yeah, I think Gabby tells the story of how Silvio was on the phone making fun of Bobby because he didn't have a girlfriend on the side uh so yeah it's you know it's interesting stuff it's just it's it's such a bizarre uh b plot line though to go with what's happening because again like in the span of you know when someone dies given the funeral is fairly short like shortly after but it's not like immediately so i mean you know there's a few days in between here and then she's she like they've been talking about columbus this whole time uh so yeah the real the build up to columbus day is pretty long in jersey yeah and uh, so ralphie tries to hand over some money to uh to johnny who tells him to stick it up his ass escalating stuff there slapping the money out of his hand telling tony to keep him away from me uh and he still doesn't want to talk about what actually is going on there and tony's like what the fuck yes and uh, real quick i think we 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 cut over it but right before the funeral we do have a classic sitcom-y soprano scene where it's they're at the breakfast yep. nook in the morning and AJ's reading, um, is it Howard Zim? Like, uh, uh, what is it? Like the American history. I've, I've, he's reading that famous do. book. Yeah. I, okay. I didn't know it was famous. I just loved that he was, he had the, like thickest book ever and he was like on page two because uh, usually in a, in a tv show people will be at like an ambiguous point in a book when reading but of course he's like on page two and he already is like wow i already learned so much it's like well did you did you yeah yeah I, d- I did notice that too that he's at the beginning and i guess if he's reading about columbus that would be towards the beginning but yeah people's history of the united states he's reading by howard zinn and i like it, it's very reminiscent of you know, out there it's 1999. In here it's 1955 or whatever he said that scene earlier on because he, he he does the same thing basically of like in here Christopher Columbus is a great hero, <laughs> and I won't have it any other way. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so anyways, uh, back to you know we have the funeral and then Rosalie. Uh, I love Rosalie April. I wish there was more of her, and it, it's kind of a nice scene where she is kind of. Uh, you know, reconciling with all this death we've seen around her uh, yeah. up through these 42 episodes and kind of having a real moment. And of course, Ralphie's such a piece of shit. He uses this as his moment to break it off because he wants to be with Janice because of the great sex they have. Um, yeah. And yeah, she. but she, I love her. She's just like, all right, just get the fuck out then. And he's like, it doesn't have to be this way. She's like, how the fuck else is it going to be? And it's like, yeah, hell yeah, get out of here, Ralph. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, no, it is It is a good way because it's all about you, isn't it, Ralph? And, and it kind of is. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't really care. 
It's a, it's a really, I mean, they're both interesting characters, and it's cl- I'm glad they broke it up, uh, or that he did, even though she should have broken up with him long ago, much like every wife on The Sopranos <laughs> should have broken up with their husbands long ago. Um, but yeah, it does get finished there. First out of two breakups, it this one, surprise, like, looking at the scene, you wouldn't think, oh, what a smooth breakup, but comparing it to the other one, <laughs> uh, it's not too bad. So we do have the scene in the stables with Hesh, um, when Ralph's buying a horse, I guess. Yeah, he buys Pyomai. Okay. <laughs> well, good. Good that you know that. So they're talking about casinos and like, oh, we're going to get a connect there with some guy who's going to help us out. That's what they're doing here, right? Yes. Yeah, they're they're trying to get a connect with Chief. Um, and yeah, they're just trying to figure out some sort of in on this Columbus Day protest, Columbus Day parade protest. And mm-hmm. this is the scene we'd mentioned earlier where... You know, Hesh and Ruben are about to fucking go throw hands because they're arguing over, you know, uh, if Columbus was on the level of Hitler and whether uh, he. D- I, what does Hesh say? He says it's like coded anti-Semitism, and that rem- that's such a 2018 like way to speak, uh, especially on social media. Uh, so I, I do love that moment. Well, but he starts by saying, like, I sympathize with the red man, which I don't know if that's, like, totally PC either to <laughs> yeah. to say that. But then he's like, what? That's some sort of rumor. That's some sort of covert anti-Semitism. Like, I don't know. I might have to beat you up right now. I'd like you to leave my house. Uh, because he's trivializing the Holocaust by saying that Christopher Columbus was like Hitler. So, yes, uh, that's that scene, sorted. And uh, moving on, we do have, I think, a scene... Yeah, Carmela. One with Carmela. Yeah, Carmela's at Bobby's house because they, as they were talking at the funeral, um, they're all kind of taking different days and bringing him food, and you know, just so he's not alone. He's going through a thing, and it's you know very, I guess, Italian goomba shit uh, to bring some leftovers or make some whatever. And then Junior calls, and it's almost a nice moment, but then it's kind of not. Because, you know, Junior's like, ah, don't make a villain out of me because he wants to know if Bobby's going to give him a ride to court. Uh, I I almost want him to just say something like, you know, hey, he shouldn't be alone in the house. But no, he's just Junior. And he's kind of lonely as well. I get the feeling he's just lonely and needs to talk to someone and hopes he needs Bobby back in his life. Yeah, because he's saying like, oh, what? I'm fine. I'm just calling because I need to know if I need someone else to pick me up. And he goes to bed early. So that's why I'm calling. Yeah. It's like, well, is that, that shouldn't be why you're calling, Junior. But, you know, great. Um, Ralph shows up at Janice's place, which is actually not her place. But, hey, she's still there. I guess she's just by osmosis leaving her footprints all over the floor and just sort of absorbing her weirdness uh, into the weirdness of the house. And now it's her house. Uh, but yeah, Ralph's like, this is great. This is the partner I want. This is the house I want. Rushing in there with his bags and all. And she's just had the therapy where she's realized that this can't continue. So yes, the breakup, uh, it doesn't go as smooth as the other one. Yeah, she decides to yell at him about not taking his shoes off. Uh, like, didn't I ask you to take your shoes off? And then she's he tosses him down the stairs, and he, you know, he gets a, he hurts his back, and he's like, "I'll fucking kill you!" <laughs> and I'm, I'm surprised that the restraint we're seeing here. I mean, I guess it's a whole different situation now that it's Tony's sister, but I, you know, with the Ralph we knew in season three, I'd have to imagine he'd at least smack her around a little bit. But, uh, you know, he just saunters out with his bad back, and I guess goes to Florida. 
Yeah, I, I think the part of it is he is so taken aback because it's so absurd. But uh, but yeah, no, it, it, it is weird. It is a lot of restraint. To be fair, I guess these are kind of separate scenes because he does come over and let her know in one scene she has another therapy scene before the tumble down the stairs. But, oh, you know, you're right. Generally, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my bad. My bad. You're right. Yeah, oh. he comes by because at first, because she does mention this is supposed to be a night my night at Bobby's. And he starts, you know, kissing her and touching her. And then she's like, hell yeah, let's have sex. So, yeah, I jumped ahead. My bad. No, I, I think I did as well. Yeah. But uh, essentially, we, we get the we, you get the general idea because uh, we, we do have that therapy thing in between that. Well, know, let's just that... stay. Let's stay with this real quick since we're kind of jumping yeah. around because I do like. um yeah, so she doesn't. She mentions that she's supposed to go with Bobby. Then she ends up going on a different day, and she brings KFC, which is a great detail as well for Janice that she's not bringing some like homemade stuff, ZD or whatever. She just got KFC. But yeah. you know, Bobby doesn't care. He even says like food, like food's gonna solve anything. And on one hand, I don't really like that they. She has to explain it in her therapy scene later because I got it from this scene. Like when he sees. When Bobby talks about being in traffic and that he should have been there and then he found out he was complaining because he was tired and then he realized it was his wife and he breaks down. Like I knew I'm like, oh, she's witnessing love. She's seeing what real love is. I mean, she has to kind of say it in the other scene with her therapist. It's not terrible, but I, I was like, I already like in my notes, I already wrote that. And then later on she says it, but I'm like, all right, cool. Um, yeah. And it's it is weird because it is like on one hand, um, on one hand, it's like she's witnessing a real thing that she could maybe try to go out and find for herself. But on the other hand, she's Janice, so it's like, no, I'm just gonna put my hooks in this guy. I'm gonna, you know, I need <laughs> yeah. him for me. So yeah, it's like it's it's she's you're right. She's seeing like the concept of what she should get or wants to get, but she doesn't understand that it's a concept. It's just like, oh, that's the guy that he's the guy that I now want. Um, and like I think that gets brought up in therapy as well that she just keeps dating people who do the same thing as her brother and father, and uh, and she gets to say like, oh no, he's he's really different to to the therapist for I assume the tenth time with the tenth guy <laughs> she's dated like this. Yeah. And this therapist clearly doesn't really even know her that well, or it's weird because Janice is good at presenting different versions of herself and she get like, obviously the therapist is on her side as she should be, but just the way she describes it of like how she should break up with Ralph, she says, with the compassion and respect that you're famous for, she should say goodbye. And that's like... Such a hilarious build up to the scene that comes when she yells about shoes and yeah, shoves him down the stairs and he's there like rightfully for once. Ralph freaks out over things, but like rightfully in this case he's like, I'll fucking kill you, you bitch. And then but you know, then he scrambles out and gets out of there. So yeah. And I guess I can almost add a layer two of him not like really trying to go after her because of this, is because it almost is the uh satisfying conclusion to their role play because She's supposed to be the pimp, and I mean, I guess he likes this like domination that he gets because he's this powerful guy in his mob life, and now he's getting tossed down the stairs like he's just another prostitute getting pimped out, I guess. So maybe in a way, he enjoyed it a little bit. Interesting. See, this is the analysis we're famous for. Just read our iTunes reviews. (laughs) 
Um, so we do have some other scenes there, uh, wrapping up the sort of protest storyline where Tony meets up with, you know, the new school Native American who is just seems like some business guy who happened to discover that, oh yeah, I got some, I did a DNA test or whatever, even though those aren't really on the market yet. And I found out I'm this many percent, whatever. So now I get tax benefits and I can open my own casino. And then he wants favors in return for the favors that he gets and and everything. So yeah, yeah. just another white guy, basically, you know, (laughs) taking advantage of of the natives. Uh, And yes, it does feel like this is, uh, this is the avenue they're going to take because he's, you know, this guy seems assured. He's he's confident. He's like, oh, that this protest isn't going to happen. Uh, but then, you know, he calls like, ah, sorry, my hands are tied. But hey, come on up to the casino. We'll comp everything. Um, and then we find out that's just another ruse because they want to get Frankie Valley <laughs> to perform or something like that. And I love it just seems like such a nothing thing. But Tony's so pissed off about it. Uh, that that they have to call Frankie Valley or try to call his manager or do a fucking favor, but at the same time, they were just getting free money to gamble with in the works. They were getting taken care of. That's true, but you know, they, you'd expect that anyway. Just being being one of these people, but uh, yeah, even though there might have been some parts of the episode that uh, you know, bit heavy handed, the clip there from the beginning is still a great Tony rant where he's been fed up with everything. He's not really upset about making this phone call, but rather about like the fact that this shit won't go away because he's yep. such an apathetic man, generally speaking, that like he he really doesn't care about race i guess unless you're dating his daughter uh but but yeah so he really starts yelling about the self-esteem of his people like the good things don't come from columbus or your your race and neither do the bad things in your life just fucking deal with shit in front of you and so on and it's basically the end there's a great his bringing up uh gary cooper again uh, because I believe it's in the pilot. It's either in the pilot or within the first few episodes because he has the same rant to yeah. Melfi of, you yeah. know, the strong silent type. And he even drops Metagon again. And I'm like, oh, I know that word now. I remember when he explained <laughs> what the Metagon is. It's just, you know, the, the classic white waspy guy. And yeah, if Gary Cooper was alive today, he'd probably be in some victims group crying about whatever. <laughs> Uh, and I love like Christopher's thing of like, he'd probably be, you know, in a gay group or something. He's like, he was gay. No, are you fucking listening to what I'm talking about? <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's a great, I think it's a, it's a good rant. And even though Tony is, yeah, Tony is like a sociopath, but I think there's some truth there. Maybe I'm a sociopath because I agree with that. But, mm. and it's like, you know, you can't like uh, Michael Imperioli can't write this scene about Asians where Asians are yelling like, Hey, you know, it's not about your ethnicity or whatever. So it's like, I, I feel like it's a universal message, but you know, you, you, you write from your own ethnicity or your own thing because it's not cool to do it the other way. Uh, but I feel like it's a pretty universal message. Like I think people should take pride in ethnicity. They should know their history. They should learn from it. But also at a certain point, it's like, Let's move on. Let's focus on the now. And that's me. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I'm guessing no longer the worst episode, Jim. I feel like there's been at least one worse episode than this in the run, but I don't know. What do you think? Probably. I mean, maybe the the rapper episode, that that one's not a great one. And again, even like the worst Sopranos episode is still a good episode of TV. 
Uh, I do want to call out a quick scene that we we skipped over. Kind of rightfully so. They do have to s- squeeze in uh, Richard and Melfi because, of course, oh, yeah. Richard has to comment. And he, I, he references some song they should play because he's talking about the tragedy on the news. I meant to look it up. I forgot. Uh, it happens. But, yeah, because, of course, like, you can't have this episode without Melfi and Richard because typically they're this yeah. episode every time they show up. They're always talking about the plight of Italian-Americans and dealing with the stereotypes and the cliches that go along with that. So, you know, it was nice to see Good him. Good point. Yeah, and imagine, like, maybe there weren't, maybe some parts of the episode weren't that great, but imagine if it was instead him, Richard, <laughs> yeah, like, he was Silvio in this. <laughs> like, can you imagine how this episode would have turned out? So, you know, they didn't do that bad. Like, Silvio, it's like you said, we get an interesting insight into his thing. The stuff with Bobby, I think, is solid all the way through. Um, and, yeah, Janice, I think some some fun stuff going on there, and I'm glad it's over now. So, it's, you know, it's, it's got its ups and downs, but uh, you know what else has its ups and downs? Well, this show, because sometimes we, we take a little break, but it's it's yeah. going to get back on track. We're Everything's going to be track. fine. There will be some breaks from time to time just because our schedules are they're kind of fucked at the moment, but yeah. we're trying to get it together, we're and we're going to get... It's never going to stop, is the thing. We might have some hiccups, but it's never going to stop. Not for another 42 episodes or so. I did have one question, though. Maybe this was just me, but didn't it seem like when we checked in with Richard and Melfi in an earlier episode, it seemed like they were back together? But now it was like he shows up because they have this weird line, like an excuse why he's there, because he's like, oh, I'm here to pay off. Um, I forget her son's name, like his tuition or cut you a check. And she's like, oh, I'll get the invoice. He's like, oh, I trust you. So I guess they're not together. Wasn't that before the sexual assault, though? Because I know she uh, didn't. Maybe you're right. I'm not sure, but I know after that, she wasn't very happy about how he was handling stuff. I, I But I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, just throwing it out there. It's not super important. Uh, but yes, you're right. We are, we're not stopping. We're going to the end, and then we're starting over. <laughs> yep, that's right. You heard it here first. We're doing the first two times watching the Sopranos podcast. Everyone tune in for that. And do feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, like we mentioned earlier. You can also reach us at showswhatyouknowshow at gmail.com if you want to send in your opinions on the show. Uh, and I know I'm just babbling, listing off things now, but there's also Jim and them if you want more content from Jim Scampoli. Yep. Awesomepedia.org is where you'll find me. And what else, Jim? Well, there's just one last thing to say. What's that? Cut to black. <laughs>